0: everybody welcome to rachel's reviews we are really excited today we are here to talk about not disney plus like we've done the last few weeks we are talking about hidden gems from netflix And uh, this is something we have been doing except for the last couple of weeks, try to give you options for streaming as you're stuck at home. And uh, we'd like to dig a little bit deeper than the obvious choices and the popular stuff. And uh, so I am film critic Rachel Wagner and my friend Ryan Cam is here.
1: Rachel, I want you to do me a favor.
0: All right, let's let's hear it.
1: (laughs) Uh, I want you to ask me what is best in life
0: what ryan is best in life
1: to crush your enemies see them driven before you and do any podcast with rachel wagner ha (laughs) shout out to arnold with the conan the barbarian reference oh
0: there you go
1: (laughs) no but in all seriousness thank you so much rachel for having me on as per usual um it's a bit of a change of pace we're looking at the Perpetual ocean known as Netflix, but right. I have five choices that I think are definitely have definitely fallen under the radar in recent times. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, I would normally, and I think maybe within a general audience, I think I would suggest Hilda, the animated uh, television show on Netflix, TV series that, but in the world of my my channel. <laughs> that one's not hidden i talk about it all the time because i loved it so much and i thought it was so sweet but no we're trying to dig a little deeper talk about things maybe that we don't talk about as much and uh so i'm i'm really looking forward to it as well and uh are you a big uh, binge watcher
1: it depends on what show it is like when uh when i first got into the show breaking bad it was like it was literally like a drug that I just couldn't quit. Like uh-huh. I, I won't, uh, I won't binge watch every series. It literally is just dependent on what the show is.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. I was thinking about that with, um, uh, with Rick and Morty is an animated show that I, I do really respect because it's so creative. It's wildly creative, but it's so cynical that I it's, really, it's definitely can't. not
1: for everybody.
0: No, I really can only watch. Two episodes tops before i start to feel kind of a little bit icky a little bit depressed i mean it's just so cynical and so i that's one i could not binge watch that show <laughs> and uh but then other shows it's just such a i mean the first real bingeable show for for me was uh was 24
1: love uh, that it, show uh keifer yeah. sutherland and- yeah
0: and it would leave you on such a cliffhanger that you're like oh i gotta i gotta find out what happened next in that you know in the day it's also
1: the novelty of that entire entire story arc taking place in 24 hours
0: right and yeah and then other shows like i loved once upon a uh, uh, once upon a time uh, but i found that that show wasn't great binge to binge i don't know it was just a little made it Feel a little boring. <laughs> I don't know. It just like it was much better on a week basis than kind of binge watched. I didn't think it worked that well for that. But yeah, uh, it's but, strange
1: because the shows I'm into now on Netflix, uh, I'm trying to watch all the Star Trek shows, and I'm on the original Star Trek, and uh-huh. that that's very serialized. So it's yeah. like one story begins and then another ends, and then I'm also watching the Vietnam War by Ken Burns and. That's so well made, but it's so depressing that I don't want to watch like one episode, but one episode at a time because of like, Jesus, Vietnam.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, that uh, I watched the country music uh, from uh, Ken Burns last year, and I loved that. Uh, his, That's his, what I'm
1: trying to hunt down.
0: Yeah, his, you might be able to find it on PBS uh just the pbs site they might still have it to stream you should check that out but um but yeah he's his his uh documentaries in general i think are pretty pretty good for streaming i loved uh mcmillions that's on hbo
1: oh McMillions was just that was you such saw a it? fascinating show yes I saw the Ugh. show and I was just like how can this get any more bizarre and then it found a way yes
0: it was so good and agent Doug Matthews is just the best I, I love, love that so guy bad. I
1: want to take charisma lessons from that guy me
0: too he <laughs> I just want him to have his own show so bad I feel like we need a crime investigative whatever show with Agent Matthews <laughs> because he was so funny. I just loved him, but but yeah. So there's lots of good things. I I I tend to try to avoid binge watching just because if it's what I like, I kind of want it to enjoy it. You know, like it, it's. But sometimes I just can't resist. It's too tempting. <laughs>
1: I can only go like three or four episodes and then be like, okay, I need to like watch something else for like 10 minutes and then, yeah, I'll, or- <laughs> be, and then I'll be fine.
0: <laughs> Make lunch or something. You get a little, you get a little crazy. And- I think
1: the last season of TV that I binged was Daredevil season two. And that was like years after it premiered. Like it came out in 2016 and I watched it in like
0: 2019. So Uh uh-uh. Um. What was the last, I mean, I definitely binge watched Hilda cause I loved it so much, but um, I recently did the high school musical, the musical series, <laughs> binge watched it in two settings, I watched it in two settings, but anyway, so <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting uh, model that, uh, that they, that I think has its downsides because they get a lot of energy off of a property, but it, it stays pretty brief because people, you know, watch it in one weekend and then they're done.
1: Yeah, there's uh, there's something to be said about keeping people in suspense.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's go ahead. Let's get started. Talk about some hinge. I have, uh, I have a couple series. I have a couple movies. The first one that I have is pretty new it just was released uh in the on netflix in the united states uh just in february it's sean the sheep farmageddon
1: <laughs> love this movie <laughs>
0: yeah you, you just got to see it then
1: uh yes and i yeah. uh I, I tend to be a pretty big fan of Ardman. i yeah. have a lot of respect for them i love Wals and Grummet, love uh love chicken run i'm yeah. so glad they're making a sequel finally yeah. And Sean the Sheep, of this, the last movie that they did, was really, really funny. And Farmageddon was just as funny. Yeah,
0: I think it really was. And I thought that the the little alien was just so cute.
1: God, was- that alien is so adorable. <laughs> <was> so
0: adorable. <laughs> and for some reason, I don't know why, I feel like uh, Aardman uh, and Leica, I just feel like uh, stop motion just... Is not popular right now. And people just don't, no matter how good it's done, people just don't talk about it. People don't see them, even if they're just on Netflix. and This came out and I feel like it made nothing. Like no one talked about it. Nobody, hardly at all, unless you're in the animation community. Uh, and and it, it's
1: really, really sad stuff because stop motion used to be everywhere.
0: I know. And yeah, even Disney released stop motion for a while and then they haven't for a long time. Uh, since I don't know, if, I can't even think of one since um, since Frankenweenie that Disney has released, and that was 2012 if I'm not mistaken. And it's
1: real, it's really Leica and Ardman. They're the only game in town.
0: Yeah, and it's so beautiful and it's so creative that it just seems like a real shame that I don't know why these these movies just don't seem to catch on. But, but yeah, I loved, this really had the spirit of a, uh, a silent film, a silent comedy. There's no dialogue. And so it's all about these kind of crazy uh, physical comedy type situations that these characters get into. And, and they're just so cute. And, uh, and seeing them deal with this alien. And just like the whole scene at the beginning where they're uh, like working to order pizza, the sheep that was so fun that was probably that was one of the highlights of the whole movie
1: you know i've i've been watching some charlie chaplin movies as of late and i was just thinking to myself i wonder if Ardman must have been taking notes watching these
0: yeah that's what i think uh, it definitely has some of that feel of like buster keaton and charlie chaplin and, and that kind of thing uh so what's your first on
1: your list So my first choice is from 2009, and it is Sherlock Holmes, directed by Guy Ritchie. Mm. Uh, This is, I I loved this movie when it first came out. My dad and I saw it in theaters, and I've seen it several times off and on since then. Uh, If you just know Robert Downey Jr. for being Iron Man, then he is in this, and he will really surprise you. And I I think what I can say, the most about uh, about Sherlock Holmes is that it's a perfect entry point into Guy Ritchie's films because Guy Ritchie makes Guy Ritchie movies. It's kind of similar to filmmakers like Wes Anderson and Quentin Tarantino. They don't make generic movies. They make movies that they want to make in their own unique style. In the case of Sherlock Holmes, Guy Ritchie makes it very, uh, very dark and very gritty. London looks like it, it looks lived in. It feels kind of gross, actually. The color palette is very gray and sometimes dark blue. But uh, but I love this movie because it's got a lot of great action. It's got a great style to it. It's got a very interesting mystery. And uh, I think my only problem with it is the villain. He's played by Mark Strong, who I normally like. He just felt a little generic to me, but the heart of the film is robert downey jr and his chemistry with dr watson played this time around by jude law who has never really turned in a bad performance at least that i've seen so sherlock holmes is a definite watch on netflix and especially uh the sequel a game of shadows which sadly is not on netflix but if you haven't seen a game of shadows i do recommend checking that out you like
0: both of them huh
1: Oh, I like both of them. They're yeah. they're both by Guy Ritchie, and it's uh, they're they're both great.
0: Yeah, I, I, I we do have a bit of a differing opinion on this, which is cool. Um, my family is super into Sherlock Holmes, and we debate and debate and debate and debate which is the best version and who uh, we we love we love Sherlock Holmes. My family um, and, and I take it uh, to one fan. I'm not gonna say I hated it. it but I didn't really like the way that they turned Sherlock Holmes into an action star. That's not, that's that's not Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes uses his brain. His brain is his superpower. And, uh, and so all the like Guy Ritchie gimmicks of like the slow motion bullets and, and uh, chases and, and explosions and stuff like that. Like to me that didn't, I didn't really like that. Um, I'm not going to say that. I mean, I think Robert Downey Jr. is good, and and he does a good job. And I, th- I agree with you. I think it looks nice, uh, but it was a little too like Victorian James Bond as opposed to Sherlock Holmes to me. And uh, but I can see why you 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 enjoy it, and uh, I can see why you would recommend it. Uh, I just that's the part that I didn't. I guess I'm not I'm not that huge of Guy Ritchie fan and a lot of his gimmicks just are not for me Um, but uh, but yeah I'm sure a lot of people will watch it and enjoy it Um, but yeah especially uh, the um, sequel I thought wasn't as
1: good thoughts on the BBC Sherlock Holmes with Benedict Cumberbatch
0: so I loved it for the first two seasons
1: me too
0: loved it and then the third season wasn't as good, but I was still enough invested. And then I, I-
1: haven't—I actually haven't seen the third season, so don't say oh. anything.
0: Okay, I won't say anything. Fourth season wasn't my favorite. <laughs> I'll just oh, say that and leave it alone. <laughs> that's
1: when—that's uh, when they jumped the shark, I take it.
0: Oh yeah, they did.
1: <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to raging when I see.
0: That. <laughs> I i the title of my review was was why sherlock's season series floor sucked (laughs) oh wow i I was so mad uh the the creator stephen moffat he's not my favorite he's such a gimmicky guy and uh and he he cares so much about about tricking and surprising the viewer that he forgets to tell a good story. It's kind of like Shyamalan in that way, but but with television. And uh and uh ugh, like he did it with Doctor Who and then he did it with with Sherlock especially. And but I loved it for the first two seasons so much. And so <laughs> uh, but uh, if if this uh, yeah. makes you
1: feel any better, my personal favorite Sherlock Holmes is Basil Rathbone.
0: Oh, nice, yeah yeah i actually i hadn't seen one of his uh until it was around what was it like 2015 to six like something like that and then i finally watched it, when it was, and i was like this is charming he's very good and uh we loved in um uh in the 90s there was a version with jeremy brett on on pbs uh for bbc that was really good especially at the beginning of the like he's like if you want a traditional sherlock holmes he's he's like perfect um but but yeah and i i even have a bit i even have a fondness for great mouse detective uh old basil
1: of baker street versus (laughs) radigan
0: yeah (laughs) i think it's fun i think it's a little underrated of disney films if i was gonna
1: i remember watching it like 10 or so years ago and i just never went back to it but now i'm thinking about it i think i may have to watch it again
0: it it really uh is is pretty fun so but uh but yeah anyway interesting choice good choice uh so my second choice is a series and it's called the movies that made us and this is a little series that is uh about that goes back uh, into the history of different sort of iconic movies and why Uh, why we love them but also like how how they got made it 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 interviews producers and writers and uh and all different kinds of people and uh the actors of course talks about their auditions and and why certain movies just really took hold and became such phenomenons and uh, you know as a movie fan you know of course i love that and it's it's got there are only four, i think four episodes so far there's dirty dancing which i love that movie home alone which i love also Who doesn't yeah <laughs> and then ghostbusters which is fine i like it fine um and then uh and then die hard so those are the ones they have so far and it's just it's really fun really entertaining and uh for just for each episode 45 minutes and uh, so, if you like movies, I definitely recommend checking that that show out.
1: This show is the spinoff to the toys that made us. Am I wrong? Oh, I don't know. Uh,
0: that sounds right, but I don't know.
1: Because I have I have both of these shows waiting on my list, and I was like, the toys that made us and the movies that made us. They all sound like they're coming from the same uh, same people.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I'll
1: I'll definitely have to check this out because. Uh, I don't know about Dirty Dancing, because I've never seen it, but uh, but Die Hard is amazing, and ditto Ghostbusters, and yeah. I don't think there's a single person on the planet that doesn't like Home Alone, so I think I'm going to have to take you up on this one.
0: Yeah, and and honestly, Dirty Dancing, it, it's a lot deeper than you'd think from maybe the description of it. Like, it deals with some really tough stuff, uh, it's really a coming-of-age film, and there's uh, there's even a, a character that's has uh, an abortion and I mean some some stuff t- some tough stuff that you wouldn't necessarily expect for uh you know what seems like a silly dance movie and so I definitely encourage you to give it a shot um but uh but uh yeah the uh the, the it's I mean they picked four definitely iconic movies to start out with for sure
1: yeah, I, uh, I I have seen, I have definitively seen the ending dance scene where <laughs> yeah. uh, Patrick Swayze and uh, and the girl I can't remember her name they uh, they dance to I've had at the time of yeah. my life and when nobody puts he baby picks in a her corner. up at the end it's like oh that gives me goosebumps every time yeah
0: nobody puts baby in a corner it's a so they call her baby I don't know why they call her baby.
1: I thought that was her name.
0: <laughs> it is. Well, I don't know. It's I think it's a nickname, but that's what they call her throughout the whole movie. Is her name is Baby. So, yeah.
1: But, uh, but anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, so, guess, So, what do you have at number two?
1: So, my number two is from 2011. And it is a sequel. It's Kung Fu Panda 2. Uh, I was debating which family movie I should uh, put in this one. But I was just... I started thinking about kung fu panda 2 and it was like you know what i'm putting it in there uh kung fu panda 2 is obviously the sequel to kung fu panda and other than how to train your dragon i believe that kung fu panda is the best thing that dreamworks has produced uh that's not a standalone movie like the prince of egypt uh it could have so easily been turned into like the gimmick of, oh, it's Jack Black as a panda, wah, wah, but no, they didn't do that. They actually gave it a story with surprising amounts of nuance (laughs) from a movie called Kung Fu Panda. They actually put 1,000 times more effort than it had any right to be, but I love Kung Fu Panda 2. It's my favorite of the trilogy. It has the most story, it explores Poe's origins in about as good a way as you can get it. And it has my favorite villain of the trilogy in the form of, I believe his name is Kai. He's the Peacock and he's voiced by Gary Oldman. Uh, Bravo to the writers and directors for making a peacock threatening, but they found a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the Furious Five, which they're all awesome, and Dustin Hoffman voices Shifu, and he's great. Uh, and there's a great scene in, near the third act where uh, where Po finally gets in touch with you know the spiritual world, and and he finally gains the fluidity necessary to defeat uh, to defeat the villain. It's such a great scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Conker Panda 2 is just it's just excellent
0: yeah I agree it's definitely excellent that the, the uh, for lack of a better the fight choreography uh, the way that they use the um, the metal blades which is a style of choreography from that from, from I think it's Wuhan area of China and so they use the blades if you watch the movie Shadow which came out last year which was really good they use the blades uh, as well and that's live action um and uh and so it was really cool and the the animation is beautiful and i agree the villain is really good i mean my only nitpick with the kung fu panda movies is that i i kind of wish they'd gotten more uh chinese actors for the voices instead of such american sounding actors but it's a nitpick. Uh, overall, I really enjoy it. I think it's really sweet, and uh, and you know any, anybody could relate to to Poe and his you know wanting to uh, his insecurities and and uh, uh, in, in in becoming uh, a, uh, having a hard time becoming a leader, and I think that that's uh, that works really well in the movie, and it feels like a natural evolution of his character.
1: Absolutely. And I, I love how uh, I love in the movie how uh, how the Furious Five, they think they destroy the canon when it turns out it was just a big model. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, good choice. Very good. Uh, so, my next choice is a movie, and it's a rom-com. Most of the rom-coms on Netflix are pretty terrible. But... There was one last year called "Always Be My Maybe," and uh, I really loved it. I thought it was so funny and so well done. And uh, it's uh, stars Ally Long, Allie Wong, Ali Wong. Wong as this uh, celebrity chef named Sasha Tran, <laughs> and uh, she is she was high school sweethearts, really good friends with this guy named marcus who is played by randall park and uh, they end up uh, meeting up again years later and that you know so that spark is still there and there's a hilarious cameo from keanu reeves i i just thought almost every set piece was funny i thought they had great chemistry i loved the ending uh, when it's such a classic rom-com ending, but I loved it when he says that it, he stops her in the red carpet and says, "I want to, I want to hold your purse for you. I want to be there for you. I don't even care what I have to do." And it was just one of those classic rom-com speeches, which I love. And uh, so I just thoroughly enjoyed it very much. And uh, so I think that if you haven't seen it, people should see it because it's 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 romantic, but it's also genuinely funny.
1: I was on the fence about this movie originally because rom-coms normally are not my thing. Not that I have anything personally against them. Mm. It's, just, it, it's just not my cup of tea. But now that I'm hearing you talk about it, it's like, okay, now I, now I should probably see this because all that I ever saw of it was the Keanu Reeves part because I'm a massive fan of Keanu Reeves. Like, yeah. he, is, he is just an awesome guy. Not only that, but he's a great actor and a great stuntman. See th- any of the John Wick films for that uh, yeah. for for proof of that. But I think I'm definitely going to see this because of Ali Wong. I'm actually a big fan of hers. Uh, she did an entire um, she did an entire comedy special when she was like six or seven months pregnant. And mm-hmm. as someone who has been in theater for a long time, like. That must not have been easy. I mean, for a number of reasons, but the one that I can think of is, you know, the hot lights and you're and and you're on stage with strangers and like yeah, the room sure. is hot. And so, I've always admired her for that. I also think she's really, really funny too. So,
0: well, I, I we have her. to
1: check out uh, check out the yeah. movie.
0: Yeah, I think it's genuinely funny. I think there's enough in there for people that aren't like super into rom coms to still. Like if you're open to them at all, like I think there's enough here to, to be enjoyable. And, uh, but uh, it actually made my top ten of 2019 as far as just my favorites of things that I liked. Uh, and, but I I first knew her new Ally from uh, American Housewife, which I think is a show that's super underrated. I love it. I think it's so funny and. Uh, I it's just the show about this kind of a blue collar I guess um family that lives in this uppity uh suburb of, in Connecticut and uh their their struggles to kind of raise their kids in this uh snobby town and uh and she plays uh um oh my gosh my brain what's her name um and she plays the BFF of. The main girl on the show, and she's hilarious, so funny, and so that's how I first got to know her. And uh, I, uh, I just, I really liked her in this tune. It's nice to have that diversity too. Uh, that they're, you know, different-looking couple for rom coms. Nice. Uh, <laughs> you like to have every every genre should deserve to have some diversity, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Absolutely
0: hmm so that was my number three what about what's your next choice
1: so my number three is a documentary from the beautiful folks over at pbs uh it's woodstock three days that defined a generation mm. uh, this is a movie or this is a this is a movie about uh the woodstock concert that took place over three days in 1969 it's uh, it's one of the most famous and infamous concerts ever, ever that was ever done. And okay. Everyone who was everyone in the rock and roll world in the late '60s and early '70s took part. Uh, everyone from Jimi Hendrix to The Who to Janis Joplin, like you name it, they were probably there. You know, I believe Creedence Clearwater Revival was there as well. But uh, the documentary also does a great job of showing like what happened at Woodstock itself, and she went in depth on uh, on the hippies and the drugs and the dysentery and the sex and, mm-hmm. and, and and as much as they can show for it being PBS. But um, but I find, uh, but I've grown up listening to rock and roll. I listened to a lot of the artists that they spotlighted in that documentary, so seeing them perform in there was really something special and i love learning about how stuff is made and how famous events were put on so two for the price of one yeah Uh, if you're if you're in any way interested in like concerts and how concerts were put on and music and etc then this is definitely something for you this will be your jam
0: yeah no i love that kind of stuff i love uh the I don't know behind the scenes, uh, diving into sort of cultural. I like I I really like documentaries in general, so I that sounds really good for sure.
1: Yeah, fun fact: uh, Before we move on, uh, there were so many people at Woodstock that all of the talent had to be airlifted via helicopter into the venue. Oh yeah, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, that's uh, it, that that must have been a challenge. I would not have like to have been uh, been the pilot <laughs> no <laughs> that's true
0: uh so very good all right well my fourth choice is a really fun series that uh kind of came and went too soon uh it's called gallivant
1: <laughs> oh i i know this from the ad where they sang the whole thing the yes. <laughs> yes
0: i love musicals and i really I, this was kind of i think a bit of a spin off it's not officially a spin off but kind of a an attempt to replicate the success of once upon a time but add the music and the other things and uh it's uh it's about this like knight and he's off to avenge his his uh his good name and he uh he's uh trying to find this uh hes this this man this king who king richard <laughs> who who stole his his bride and i don't know it's just very classic like swashbuckling kind of kind of story and very kind of over the top and silly and fun and i uh, all the music is from alan minkin who did who's brilliant who did Tangle, so many
1: disney movies beauty that we can't beast.
0: even track them all <laughs> yeah beauty and the beast aladdin little mermaid so many and i think glenn Slatery is the uh, is the lyricist if i'm not mistaken but anyway he was saying at D- d23 alan Macon that he wrote over uh, over 90 songs just for this just for the show can you imagine I mean, no. I think some of them were very short. Some of them were like a minute, two minutes. But but still, 90 songs. thats amazing to me.
1: Speaks to Alan Menken's <laughs> ability to pump out 90 songs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I thought that was amazing. And uh, so it's really fun. If you just want escapism, something silly, with some fun songs, uh, you should check out Galavant.
1: Yeah, I, I remember seeing those... Uh, seeing those ads all the time on ABC and I was like what the heck is this show it looks like the weirdest thing but yet somehow looks good at the same time yeah yeah
0: so what do you have next
1: so my next choice is a movie from I want to say either 2006 or 7 it's called Julie and Julia it's about Mm -hmm. uh it's based on a true story well two true stories actually uh, it In the 1940s, Julia Child, who would become uh, known as the host of the show, The Joy of Cooking, uh, how she moved to Paris with her husband, and she learned all about the French cooking scene, and how everything led up to her publishing the famous cookbook, Master- Mastering the Art of French Cooking. And in the other arc, in 2002, It follows a woman named Julie Powell, played by Amy Adams, and she is on a personal quest to cook all 524 recipes in that Mastering the Art of French cooking book. Uh, Julia Child is played by Meryl Streep, and she's really good. Uh, Her husband is played by Stanley Tucci, who is always great. Uh, Amy Adams, as usual, is great in anything that she is in. And what I love the most about this movie is the food because the food in this movie looks unbelievable. Like I would, I there's a montage where both women are just going to town, like just cooking and cooking and cooking and their husbands just one in one scene are like, they're taking uh, they're taking Pepto Bismol and they're just like, Oh (laughs) God. And I would have been like, I would love to be you right now. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i have a ton to say about this movie uh this is the last film directed by Nora efron who is one of my favorite uh writers but then also she became a director and i i love uh, her writing and especially the way she does uh she does sort of witty banter and i like i like the way that her scripts always include little sort of essays about life uh that uh, and sometimes, like, in you've got mail. They're just like little silly things, like when she talks about uh, the empower the empowerment of ordering ordering coffee at Starbucks, and she has a little sort of monologue that she goes on. Uh, I love how she does that. And um, in this movie, this was actually this was the last movie that she made before she died. And uh, and she uh, she took two books because the original book called Julie and Julia is just the Julie Powell part and I have to be honest I absolutely hated that book <laughs> I
1: thought it was oh wow awful.
0: <laughs> Julie is such a such a, an insufferable entitled miserable character like she's just she doesn't really seem to gain anything that's positive out of this experience ex- except for just complaining a lot and and so I really really disliked the book but <laughs> what Nora Evron did that was so brilliant is she brought in this other book called My Life in France by Julia Child, which is one of my favorite books. I absolutely love that book. And so, <laughs> so that helped a lot. And then her casting was so brilliant in the film. Because I think that even though there, there are times in the movie where I I – I even struggle with Julie Powell in the movie. She's just a lot. But because of Amy Adams and she's such a warm presence in the film, it helps you like her character way more. you describing
1: her as being insufferable i'm like in this movie no (laughs) that doesn't seem possible
0: like she's just so you know like in the movie she has all these like breakdowns and and all this stuff and and in in the hands of amy adams that's kind of charming but in the hands of julie powell you just it's frustrating
1: (laughs) It's, it's like first world problems
0: yeah kind of and she's also she's also super foul-mouthed and super just just and and it's not that that can't be okay in a book but when you're when you're kind of reading something for sort of light escapism it's kind of off-putting you know to have this really cynical really foul-mouthed really i don't know and uh and it It just wasn't for i really disliked the book and it was just kind of joyless whereas i felt like what they were able to do by combining julia's story and casting amy adams uh, and the changes that uh that uh nora efron made it made the movie uh made the julie pal part way better and i give them a lot of credit there and it's definitely an example of a movie that's in my opinion at least way better than the book Love the julia child parts so much i think meryl streep totally deserved her oscar nomination for that role and i wish that stanley tucci had been nominated because i think they had such chemistry and were so sweet together and i really uh i love their romance because i think it's really cool that he he basically gave up his creative creative ambitions to help her achieve her dreams and uh which is i mean i think that's what you want in a a marriage partner somebody who values you even more than them and and is willing to sacrifice for you and i just love their marriage and i love their relationship and and yeah
1: i i love the scene when uh when julia child uh returns home from her first day of uh at the Le Cordon Bleu Mm -hmm. and she's just cutting like the biggest mountain of onions you've (laughs) ever seen and Stanley Tucci walks into the room and he's like oh god and he just like covers (laughs) up his eyes and he's like uh Jewel aren't you taking this a little too far and 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 she's like you should have seen the way those men looked at me I felt so sorry for her and and he he just walked away and it's like definitely not the time and she's like are you hungry and he's like no (laughs) and she's like well good (laughs) and she goes back to shopping
0: yeah when i loved when they have their uh their valentine's party and he he just like touches his heart and looks at her and and i was just so sweet and i i i love i think they have one of the one of if i were going to get married they're they're definitely one of my uh uh one of my couple's relationship goals i guess i think they have such a great marriage and, and the way they say uh, yeah. bon
1: appetit to each other at the beginning yeah. is like that's that's relationship goals yeah.
0: and i i just really feel like they their happiness and his his value of her and her happiness was more important than anything else And and you can't want for anything better in a in a marriage partnership and so that's a very good choice. I I love so much about that movie. And you're right about the food. It looks so delicious <laughs> throughout the whole movie.
1: <laughs> I thought I'd never want artichoke hearts with Hollandaise sauce, but this movie made me want that. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Even the very first thing that Julie Powell cooks is it's like a chocolate tart or something like that. It looks so yummy. <laughs>
1: yeah and 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 chris messina who plays julie powell's husband and he's like he's grabbing and licking the spoon and i'm like i would so love to be you right now that's funny
0: (laughs) (laughs) well very good all right so my last choice is another romantic comedy well not romantic comedy romantic movie uh because those are my favorite uh this is the it's got a crazy name it's called the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society.
1: <laughs> Say that five times <laughs> fast. <laughs>
0: yeah, and this is based on a book which I loved. It was a pretty popular uh, book club book <laughs> a couple of years ago, and uh, it's about this book club that uh, on this island of Guernsey, which is out, which is an island in um, Great Britain. And they were actually occupied by the Nazis. That's one of the only places in Great Britain that was actually uh, run occupied by them. And so they start this book club. The there's a bunch of different farmers to uh, to kind of uh, to gather together against the kind of against the Nazis. And uh, Lily James plays this reporter. Kind of a couple years later who uh, starts to look into the situation and starts to write letters uh, to the whole book club and she you start to get to know the whole book club plus you get to know her and then also uh, there's a farmer there uh, that uh, is played by Mikhail Heisman? Heisman anyway and they end up he's like he's kind of a Uh, he's a single dad and he's super charming and they end up falling in love and it's really good and it's it's it does branch off of the book a little bit but I still really enjoyed it I thought it was really swoon worthy it has excuse me it um uh what's her name uh from uh just one sec what's her name it has jessica brown finley from downton abbey oh, okay. and uh it has uh, the Pen- and it has penelope wilton from also from downton abbey who's excellent in the film and it's just like a warm hug of a movie it's really sweet and uh it has some tender parts some emotional parts cuz it's you know about the war and everything and and uh, but then also has romantic parts and has funny parts and I just really loved it. It's directed by Mike Newell, who is really great
1: at directed uh, Harry Potter in The Goblet of Fire.
0: That's right. And four weddings. He's really great at rom coms. He did you know four weddings and a funeral. And uh, so he's he's really good at that kind of dynamic. And I just thought he knocked it out of the park. I really, really, really enjoy this film and so if uh if you like romantic movies check it out
1: i uh i'll be the first to say that i had never heard of this movie (laughs) until you sent me your list when we were preparing for this podcast but um now that you now that you're talking about it i'm like well i tend to watch anything lily james is yeah with so i think i'll definitely have to take you up on it
0: and matthew good plays her sort of gay friend (laughs) then he's really great and so i i really enjoyed it a lot and so uh you know you have to let me know what you think glenn powell plays the other guy that she's engaged to at the start of the movie (laughs) Like most romantic movies (laughs) i only i wish i had been able to see it on the big screen like over in england but it just came to netflix here so and then the book is uh, such a fun if you just want a really a, a light escapist read that's really sweet and uh it's it's a really good one but uh, there we go so that's my last choice and uh do you have one more or you lost track
1: uh yeah i, oh, yeah, have, well, so what's I your... have one more uh one more choice it's uh fairly recent uh recent series that come on it's called tiger king you may have heard of it uh, yes no I, i'm kidding i'm totally <laughs> like, kidding i i i had to i i had to I'm like, That's a a hidden king. gem <laughs> i had to include a tiger king joke in there somewhere <laughs> no no it, in all seriousness my last choice is about time from 2013 uh, this was uh this movie stars domo gleason and rachel mcadams and as well as Bill Nye and, uh, and Margot Robbie before she became, you know, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn and Wolf of Wall Street and just in a lot of movies right now. This was one of her first big outings, but About Time is one of my favorite romance movies. It's about a guy played by Donald Gleeson who learns that on, uh, that on his birthday, he gains the power to travel back and forth in time in his own life. And he uses that to try and work up the confidence to ask a girl he likes out on a date. Uh, By having all the time in the world, he understands that by having all the time in the world, you need to know how to be responsible with it. And you have to appreciate it because despite the fact that you can go back and forth, you can only do that one thing once. And so... It's a, really, it's a really nice story with an ending that just makes me tear up every single time. Uh, it involves Dom Gleeson and Bill Nye, and they share a very tender moment. I won't talk about it too much. I just do highly recommend that everyone do watch it. It's a fairly recent movie. I think it's 2013 or 2012. Mm-hmm. But it's a really, really awesome movie that fell under the radar for sure.
0: I have heard from so many people to watch this movie, but I still have never watched it. So I need to get with it. Fully really up my alley of something that I would really like, and because it's pretty romantic, right?
1: I would say so. Yes, I mean, I'm I'm not a humongous romance movie fan, like like I like I said earlier. But it feels very romantic to me. I mean, minus yeah. the time travel stuff, uh, it feels like something that maybe. Nora Ephron would make or or mm-hmm. the the woman that made The Intern would make
0: right yeah a lot of people group them together Nancy Myers and Nora Ephron Nan-
1: Nancy Myers that's yeah who I
0: and uh, and so uh, I I would definitely have to watch that I didn't even realize it was on Netflix
1: I I did too I was uh, because full disclosure, I was um, bouncing back and forth between including this movie or Drive, directed by Nicholas Wending Refn, and I was like, mm. it is about time even on there?" And sure enough, it was on there. So I'm like, "You know what? I'll put on Drive. Uh, I'll put Drive on there next week."
0: <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. I I think that's a great choice. I definitely want to watch that. And I don't know if you'd consider uh would you consider perks being a wallflower a hidden gem or is that pretty well pretty popular
1: it's it's well liked among my group of friends but a lot of my friends at least in this space are movie nerds so uh (laughs) or cinephiles as as they call them
0: it's a movie um, that i love and it's just been added like i think just a couple weeks ago i've actually
1: never seen it so i'll definitely have to look into that
0: i love it But uh, there we go. We got our five picks. So why don't we go over our picks real quick. So I have Shaun the Sheep Farmageddon. And then The Movies That Made Us. And then Always Be My Maybe. And then Galvant, And then finally, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society.
1: (laughs) And uh, my choices are The Guy Ritchie, Sherlock Holmes, Kung Fu Panda 2, Uh, Woodstock, Three Days That Defined a Generation, Julie and Julia, and About Time. Great.
0: And so thanks so much for talking about these. Let us know if you're listening, what some of your favorite hidden gems are for watching on Netflix. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And Ryan, where can people find you?
1: On all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find me at RyanCam20, at Letterboxd is there as well. And uh, over on my YouTube channel, just search Ryan Cam Movie Reviews. It'll take you straight there. Uh, my uh, latest installment of my series, The AFI Project, just dropped uh, uh, shortly before we started recording this. Uh, so it, it's live now. It's where I talk about The Godfather, the greatest mafia movie ever made. Yeah. Uh, on Wednesday, I'll be dropping another one about Casablanca. And then on Friday, I'll be dropping the next one, which is about, uh, which is about, hang on, let me look into my calendar and look. It's about Raging Bull. I had a brain fart there. Sorry about that. I also, oh, have, my, yeah, I also I, have my, I'm sorry, go ahead. No,
0: I was just going to say, I've listened to both of your ep- uh, episodes so far and really enjoyed both of them. I thought you did a very good job. So people should definitely check it out.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you. And I've also got my series of, called I finally saw where I take a look at famous movies I'm watching for the first time that's going to be dropping a couple new episodes next week so just a lot of stuff is going on on my end and now is as best a time as ever to subscribe so do do yourself a favor and go ahead and do that
0: great uh yes uh, all that information in the description section and you can find me at rachel's reviews all the social media itunes youtube and on Rod tomatoes so make sure to check that out and also you can find me at the hallmarkies podcast all over the all over the place and uh, we are still keeping very very busy on both streams so i would love for you to check all of that out so thanks again ryan this is really fun and we will talk again next week